Welcome to the Ice Guys, presented by the Hockey Podcast Network, Friday, January, February 11th. Ian Cameron with you. Uh, Alex B. Smith, hopefully momentarily with us. He was uh, planning on joining the show today. Uh, we're hoping to have him along in a few minutes. A uh, short sh- uh, show today, shorter show, I should say, today. Four games on tap uh, in NHL action, so we'll break those down in just a second. Um, there is one, now yesterday, if you watched the show, we did a lot of, you know, news, you know, stories at the beginning of the show. We talked coaching firings, uh, obviously with Dave Tippett in Edmonton and Dominic Ducharme in Montreal. We talked about the Brad Marchand suspension. And I know there's a few people that have left comments on YouTube. And look, they're constructive comments. Whether they're positive or negative, we appreciate any and all feedback. I just want to point that out right away. We do. Good feedback is good. Negative feedback is good because sometimes the negative feedback will actually be things you use to make the show better. So we appreciate what anybody says about the show, whatever comments uh, we end up getting uh, about the show. But someone did comment that, you know, it took 25 minutes for us to get into the betting card yesterday. We are mostly a betting show. Everybody knows that. There's mostly an NHL betting show, you know, I would say 90 to 95% of it is is betting. It's breaking down the games each and every day uh, from a betting perspective. But when we've got NHL news stories that are pretty significant and they are uh, obviously going to affect, you know, what teams are like on the ice, which will also impact how they perform from a betting standpoint, you know, we're going to talk about those stories. And uh, we try to give, you know, just general topical discussion from time to time, especially when a big time news story takes place in the national hockey league, when it allows. So uh, definitely um, look, uh, we definitely are betting number one, hands down, first and foremost, there's no question about that, but uh, we do like to talk about certain uh, issues and uh, events and uh, things that are going on in the national hockey league when they're big, you know, events, you know, if it's, if it's something that's a little bit more uh, smaller scale, then we won't talk about it as much if at all, but definitely, uh, we've uh, enjoyed talking a little bit about just NHL and hockey in general, because not only are we NHL betters, we're NHL fans, we're hockey fans. We love the sport. We've all been watching the sport pretty much for multiple decades. So uh, we do like uh, throwing in a little discussion like that. And certainly we had those uh, two uh, coaching changes to talk about yesterday. What I do want to talk about at the beginning of today's show here uh, is uh the Tuka Rask retirement, because I just haven't been able to, it's been so much going on and, you know, I didn't really get a chance to just say, you know, congrats to him on a great career. You know, our good friend, Jimmy Murphy, who was unfortunately uh, besieged by uh, writing duties today. Uh, that's why he's not on with us. Uh, Jimmy Murphy has covered Tuka Rask's career uh, throughout his entire tenure with the Boston Bruins, the only team he ever played for. Uh, and it's just unfortunate for him that look, he got the surgery he needed last season. He was hoping, you know, that would be uh, a situation that would allow him to return and play at the highest level possible. Uh, He gave it a go. He gave it a shot this year. And obviously, look, he's still dealing with some pain. He obviously didn't play to the level he expects of himself and and the level that, you know, he wants for his uh, Bruins teammates. And he said that in the uh, statement that he made uh, regarding his retirement. So, uh, it is what it is for Tuka Rask. I give him credit for trying to come back. It didn't work out, but he still had a terrific career. He's taken the Bruins to two Stanley Cup finals uh, during his uh, run with Boston. Uh, and uh, obviously, in terms of his numbers, 
uh, historic, you know, it's his goals against average save percentage. And you would make a pretty strong case that who's been the best and longest te- in terms of longest tenured and best goalie in Bruins history Tuukka Rask is probably that guy. I know Jerry Cheever's way back in the 70s and the Bruins were pretty damn good back then and of course Don Cherry coaching them uh, at the end of that decade. He was pretty damn good too uh in terms of historical netminders for the Boston Bruins, but I think in terms of longevity, you know, in terms of consistency and, and just in terms of being, you know, one of I would say the top 5 or 6 or 8 goalies in the NHL year after year for a good decade, you know, that was Tuukka Rask. Uh, for the uh, Boston Bruins in his career. So congrats to Tuka Rask on a great career. It's unfortunate maybe that it was cut short, maybe a little bit sooner than he was hoping. Uh, but nevertheless, absolutely a st- strong career with the uh, Bruins. Hats off to him for that. All right, let's touch on the games last night briefly that took place on Thursday. Uh, best bet winner for me, Columbus and Buffalo, uh, going over the total, uh, a 4-3 to three, uh, Blue Jackets a victory. Uh, in that game, they came back uh, from a 3-1 deficit to uh, get the win 4-3 uh, in overtime. Uh, Carolina, 6 uh, nothings, uh, just uh, trampling uh, the Boston Bruins in that game, a shorthanded Bruins team, uh, a Boston team that, as we said, we've, we, we'd like to give this team a chance to show that they're not just a one-line outfit, that they are just more than Pasternak and Bergeron and Marchand, and, of course, the latter two were not uh, in the lineup last night for the uh, Bruins. But again, they are going to, I think, just keep on struggling until uh, they get uh, these two guys back. Uh, and uh, we saw that last night, and they certainly didn't catch Carolina uh, on a night where Carolina was going to be looking past the Bruins, not after uh, two consecutive losses in Ontario. You know, earlier this week after the All-Star break, losing to the Leafs and Senators uh, in back-to-back games. So you got a really strong Carolina effort in that game. They end up getting the 6 nothing uh, shutout victory. Uh, two goals for uh, Sebastian Ajo uh, in the uh, win last night as uh, he continues. And I said Sebastian Ajo, after being a little quiet in the last two games, he'd probably step up, and he uh, certainly did that uh, for the uh, – uh, for the uh, Carolina Hurricanes last night in that 6 nothing shutout. Washington 5-2 over Montreal. Marty Saint-Louis and his coaching debut spoiled by the Capitals. Although I will say this, uh, Montreal just got off to a horrendous start and they just couldn't you know, erase that deficit. But I thought as the game went on, they got better. I mean, the first period wasn't good. They really dominated Washington in the last two periods. They outshot Washington 34-12 to in the second and in the third period combined. Uh, lots of chances. Samsonov was pretty strong in net. It was probably one of the better games Samsonov has had. But I like the energy from Montreal, and I like the way they responded after a rough first period. Because, look, when that game was 2 nothing after the first period, for a team that's struggling, that has had no confidence, that's had just this disastrous season where everything's gone wrong, it's so easy to just tap out mentally and say, that's it, we're not going to really put up much of a fight, no pushback. It's easy to fall into that mindset when you're just not playing well you know but I thought the Montreal Canadiens despite the early hole they dug themselves they battled valiantly they tried to make a game of it uh, and in fact they carried the play against Washington significantly in the last two periods but it was not uh, Caden Primo's night he ended up getting pulled after the fourth goal and Samuel Montembeau finished the game uh, for Montreal so 5-2 win for Washington but a misleading final score because I thought Montreal really carried things in the last two periods I think if they play the way they did, though, in the last two periods, you know, I, I think you're going to see Montreal, you know, start to be, I think, potentially a lot more competitive uh, moving forward. 
Um, and so we'll see how they uh, fare uh, in the uh, – now it's going to be interesting. And uh, I'm, I'm actually not going to wait around to say this. I know we're going to have our big Saturday show tomorrow. And speaking of our Saturday show, it's going to be a loaded show tomorrow. Uh, we could have, we're going to have probably four people on the show tomorrow, potentially five if Andrew McGinnis uh, is joining us, and there's a potential he might as well. But it's going to be a full house tomorrow for the Saturday Ice Guys show at noon Eastern. It'll be me. It'll be Alex B. Smith. Uh, it'll be Vito, uh, Renus Vitalins joining us again uh, on the show. And we're also going to have a special guest, uh, Jake Hahn, who is a uh, host of uh, a show on Sirius XM NHL Network Radio. Uh, you can follow him on Twitter at jhan 4 uh, He will be joining us tomorrow on the show uh, as well, so uh, as a special guest. Uh, so looking forward to that uh, tomorrow. Uh, and Vito, by the way, as I mentioned earlier in the week, he's going to be our weekend warrior, if you will. He'll be on with me on Sunday as well uh, on the uh, Ice Guys show. And next Thursday, by the way, we're going to have a former uh, hockey player uh, who's an avid better these days and interested in uh, sports betting joining the show, Danny Ehrman, uh, who is actually from uh, living in Minnesota right now, same state as Alex B. Smith. He will be a special guest with us next Thursday at 2 p.m. Eastern on the uh, Ice Guys show. So we've got uh, some... Uh, Special guests, some new faces, some new voices. I know you guys love me. I like, at least I hope you do. And I know you love Alex, and I know you love Jimmy, and I know you love Andrew, but we always try to get some new faces and new voices uh, every now and then uh, here on the show. So uh, we're looking forward to it uh, over the next uh, several days and weeks. But yeah, as far as the Saturday show goes tomorrow, it'll be a loaded one, just in terms of people on the air and also the number of games and eight game card. But I'm not going to wait around till Saturday to say this right now the montreal canadians are going to beat the columbus blue jackets tomorrow i just got that feel i got that feel i like the enthusiasm and the energy they showed and the fact that you know they took a punch in the first period and they tried to punch back and if not for just the puck not going in uh it would have maybe been a better result for them last night uh and now they've got a columbus team that look Columbus barely beat Buffalo last night. Give him credit. I think now plus Marty San Luis, and I saw the videos and the pictures about uh, an hour or so before the show started today about uh, his team, you know, practicing with his team for the first time, a full practice. That's probably going to help them here. I mean, if there's ever a spot that sets up just so well for Montreal, it's tomorrow. So I'm actually going to project that ahead that I think they will beat the Jackets tomorrow in that early afternoon Saturday game tomorrow. Uh, when that game uh, takes place. And uh, we will talk about that game uh, in depth tomorrow uh, on the Saturday edition uh, of the Ice Guys. All right, the other games last night, Pittsburgh 2-0 shutout over Ottawa. Ottawa just couldn't find the back of the net. Casey DeSmith with the shutout. Things I would not have expected, that would be one of them. Casey DeSmith getting the shutout for the uh, Pittsburgh Penguins uh, in that uh, game last night. Matt Murray was terrific, but unfortunately... No run support, if you will, to steal a baseball term. Uh, they got blanked by Pittsburgh 2-0. Very solid defensive effort from the Penguins. The New Jersey Devils blasting St. Louis 7-4, although really it was 5-4 and they got two empty net goals. So it made the final score a little bit more lopsided. And Craig Berube has a dilemma on his hands right now. He wants Jordan Bennington to be his number one goalie. But there were at least two of those New Jersey goals, the five non-empty net goals that went in last night. I would say that at least two of those goals he should have stopped and he would have liked to have had the save on those two shots at least uh, in that game last night for Bennington. So uh, now the issue is you, you, you went with Bennington. First game out of the All-Star break, and we saw what happened. They lose 7-4 to New Jersey. 
two of those goals I think he should have had. Vili Husso has clearly been the superior netminder for the better part of the last month for the St. Louis Blues. Are we getting to that point now where Barube's got to let Husso run with it now, you know, as his main guy, as his number one goalie at this point in time? That might have to be the case because, you know, you do have a very good thing going right now uh, in St. Louis with what you've got up front. This is about the, the greatest abundance of forward talent that I think I've seen the St. Louis Blues have uh, in the last few years. And I'm talking about the team that won the Stanley Cup final as well uh, a few years ago. I think this team is even better up front in the forward positions than they were when that year when they won the Stanley Cup final. I mean, when you can throw up Braden Shen and Ryan O'Reilly and Jordan Cairo has become uh, an offensive dynamo now. And you go to their depth forwards, you can get scoring from them. Robert Thomas can step up any given night and score a big goal for you. They've got the offense now more than they've ever had. In the last few years, you cannot have Jordan Bennington being uh, weak in net and giving up soft goals that he shouldn't. So this is a issue that is going to have to be addressed here uh, for Craig Berube right now. Uh, and it might be time to turn to the Finnish netminder, uh, Vili Husso, on a more regular basis after what we saw last night. Uh, two great games in the late night hours. The Toronto-Calgary game was pretty crazy because, you know, Toronto got off to a pretty solid start. They were really carrying the play. Uh, against Calgary uh, midway through the second period, uh, and it was 1-1 at the time. But Toronto, it felt like, was going to eventually take a 2-1 to lead uh, in that game. They were having the better of the play. Uh, they were hemming Calgary in the off in, in their own zone. And then all of a sudden, Calgary scores, makes it 2-1, to uh, a Noah Hannafin goal. And then the floodgates just basically opened right after that. The Leafs take a penalty, Oliver Shillington with a uh, easy with a big blast off a faceoff win uh, in the offensive zone to get a power play goal to make a 3-1 Calgary. Uh, and then, of course, Elias Lindholm just two minutes later on a defensive breakdown. Again, Toronto down two. They're obviously taking more risks, taking more chances. And Elias Lindholm, uh, the beneficiary of finishing an odd man rush opportunity for Calgary uh, and making it 4-1 uh, last night uh, after two periods. And that was pretty much it from that point on. Uh, and the Calgary Flames with a 5-2 to two win, back-to-back -back home wins. Vegas and Toronto against two very good hockey teams. Calgary's, Calgary's got some serious stuff going on right now. Seriously good stuff. Uh, they're playing some really good hockey, both ends of the ice. I, it's been a while since I've seen Johnny Gaudreau play like this. He has been, you know, the star player that Calgary's been hoping to see this version of Johnny Hockey consistently for the last two, three years, and we just haven't. But now we are uh, for Calgary. Uh, he's been terrific. Uh, you know, Mangiapane just continues to find the back of the net. And don't look now. He's finally starting to score goals in the Saddle Dome. You know, for most of this season, his goals have been scored on the road. You know, he's got over 20 goals. I would say, you know, the majority of them have been uh, on the road. I think only three or four of the goals he scored this year have been at home. But now he is starting, you know, to put the puck in the net on home ice. So, very impressive win for Calgary last night to not only beat Toronto, beat them 5-2 because the Leafs were every bit as red hot going into that game. Uh, just a terrific effort from Calgary. Great defensively, too. When they got that lead, they made it tough to get speed through the neutral zone for the Toronto Maple Leafs. There was very little time available to any Leaf forward to make a play with the puck. When they had the puck on their stick, anybody in a blue and white jersey last night, there was a Calgary defenseman or a Calgary forward in back check mode on their keister and, and making sure they don't have any space to do anything uh, with the puck. I thought that was very, 
uh, impressive by Calgary. You know, the way they've defended with lead lately, they've been very good. Very good in that regard. Look at the Vegas game. Shutting out Vegas is not easy. Holding the Toronto Maple Leafs right now to two goals, you know, is not easy. You know, it's not an easy uh, assignment to be able to do that. Uh, and Calgary was able to. So hats off to Calgary. Very good win last night. Uh, and Colorado, uh, proving that they are just so tough to beat at home. Uh, they are. They, that was their first game as well uh, since the uh, loss to Arizona before the All-Star break. Great game with them in Tampa Bay. 3-2. Had a little bit of everything. Game did stay under. I guess that's the only thing that disappointed me because I did have a bet on the over there. Uh, but 3-2 Colorado. Um, was a really uh, great hockey game. Had a little bit of everything, some nice goals, great goaltending from both Darcy Kemper and uh, Andre Vasilevsky. They both made some solid saves. Uh, and like I said yesterday, I mean, uh, I thought, you know, that looked like a bit of a bargain there. Colorado barely a buck 10, a buck 15, you know, on home ice for a team that was 20 and four and is now 21 and four uh, with their record on home ice this year. They've just been. Uh, uh, almost an unbeatable, impenetrable fortress there at Ball Arena in Denver and Colorado getting it done with a 3-2 win over the uh, Lightning uh, last night. Uh, Gabe Landeskog, Devon Taves, Valerie Nachushkin getting the goals for uh, Colorado. Uh, and the big guns showed up for Tampa. Nikita Kucherov and Braden Point both got on the board, but uh, that was it from them. Kemper shuts the door late and Colorado a 3-2 win in a very uh, not likely, but very possible. I'll say that at the very least. A very possible Stanley Cup final preview, uh, Tampa Bay uh, and Colorado. All right, so that was the Thursday card. Let's turn our attention to Friday. We've got four games. We'll start here with the Winnipeg Jets taking on the uh, Dallas Stars. Uh, right now, we've got uh, Winnipeg minus 140, or sorry, Dallas, I should say, minus 150 to minus 160. Uh, home favorites in this game, five and a half being the total. Uh, in this game, uh, Dallas Stars, of course, we know their record at home has been terrific. Can't deny it. Uh, their best play all year. Uh, the Dallas Stars has been on home ice. We'll see if that continues here tonight as they take on the uh, Winnipeg Jets. What I like here for Winnipeg going into this game, though, is their performance following the All-Star break against Minnesota. I thought that was a terrific game from the Jets. Complete game. You know, they got some offense, uh, you know, they got their their, their team defense. I, I've not seen them play that well defensively in a while. And keep in mind, this is still a Jets team that in terms of their blue line, still a little decimated at the back end with who they are missing. Now, they got Josh Morrissey back, which is significant because I think he's their best, most well-rounded defenseman. He's so good at both ends of the ice. Puck carrier, transitions the offense up the ice you know, is steady in his own zone as well. He's got a little bit of a physical element, doesn't mind mixing it up in front of the net either. Uh, but you're still without Logan Stanley, Nathan Beaulieu, two of your starting six defensemen. And yet you came overcame that against Minnesota in what was a very physical, hard-hitting game, and you beat the Wild in impressive fashion. So uh, very impressed with that performance uh, for the uh, Winnipeg Jets there. I think they might be a live road underdog tonight. And I know I understand the Dallas home record is 16-7. and seven. It's very strong. I understand that uh, they beat Nashville 4-3 in their first game after the All-Star break uh, the other night. Uh, definitely a sign that maybe the uh, uh, Stars are ready to make a run themselves. But the way I see it is I, I've got this line closer to even money than this. I mean, we're, we're putting Dallas out there, you know, in this minus 150 to minus 160 price range like they're a juggernaut, like they're a dominant hockey team. 
They really aren't. You know, they find ways to get the job done. I understand that. But I think the Jets clearly might be looking like a team that obviously going into the All-Star break, it was rough. You know, and Rock Bottom was losing to the Philadelphia Flyers. But they went into the All-Star break struggling. They were 1-7 and seven in their last eight games prior to the break. But they wiped the slate clean. They hit the reset button. And they played one of their best games in a very long time against a damn good Minnesota Wild team. I don't think we should, you know, undervalue just how quality of a win, you know, that was right there for the uh, Winnipeg Jets in that game. Uh, if this loses, so be it. I do understand how good the Dallas Stars have been. Uh, on home ice, uh, no question. Uh, you know they've they've been at their absolute best at home. They've got a lot of their own forwards have really stepped up lately uh, as well for the uh, Dallas Stars. Rupe hints with eleven points in the last eight games for Dallas, uh, which has been very impressive for them. Uh, Robertson uh, continues to be a, an absolute dynamo uh, for the uh, Dallas Stars. Jason Robertson's been terrific, uh, especially of late. Uh, three goals in the last two games four points in the last three games. And if you go back to when he returned from a two-game absence, in his last eight games, we have seen uh, 11 points in the last eight games from Jason Robertson uh, for the Dallas Stars. This young left winger uh, continues to play extremely well and, and continues to uh, uh, find his way to contributing offensively for this team. Uh, so Hinson Robertson, for sure, are the standouts. If you're going to look at a prop, pro player props in the game for Dallas, those would be the ones you'd target here in this game. Uh, Andrew Kopp, again, we're talking about him again because, you know, he's getting more of an elevated role uh, currently uh, in the lineup for uh, Dave Lowry uh, and this Winnipeg Jets team. Uh, he moved him up to the uh, second line uh, in the game against Minnesota with uh, Kyle Connor and Cole Perfetti. Uh, and I think that's been a, a benefit here to uh, Andrew Kopp. He had five shots on goal on that second line uh, against uh, Minnesota didn't find the back of the net, but had chances. And I cashed a winning bet with a uh, cop over two and a half shots on goal in that game. And I mentioned it on the show. If you go back and watch on the uh, show that we did uh, on Tuesday, when uh, we talked about that Jets wild game, I said that Andrew cop over shots on goal was worth a look. And he had five in that game. And I think as long as he maintains this position on in the lineup, second line center, he's going to get those opportunities to uh, get those scoring chances and get those pucks toward the net. So uh, I like that prop again tonight uh, for Andrew Kopp over shots on goal uh, in this game against the uh, win against the uh, Dallas Stars. I think it's something you keep on going with uh, in the, at this point in time. It's only minus 115 either. So I knew the books would be slow to adjust to this because, you know, he's more of a, he's usually a player that slots more along the third line, not the top six uh, forward group. So that's why you're going to get a little bit uh, of, uh, a little bit of a bargain when it comes to overshots on goal for Andrew Kopp. So I like that prop. I like Winnipeg here. I'm, I think this is a close game either way. And I think I'm going to try to ride a little lightning in a bottle here with Winnipeg. That was a, that was one of their best games of the year, most complete games of the year. And they didn't do it against some also ran. They did it against the Minnesota wild. That was impressive. In my opinion, uh, that two, nothing uh, victory, you know, Shifley, uh, got the uh, power play goal, and then they got the empty netter. Uh, Shifley, to me, is someone that I think is capable of stepping up here uh, as well offensively. Connor, uh, he had uh, several shot chances uh, in that game. And Pierre-Luc Dubois, the big news too, returning to the lineup tonight for the uh, Winnipeg Jets. He's been removed from COVID protocol. He's been added to the active roster. And uh, Pierre-Luc Dubois, PLD, 
will be back in the lineup tonight for the Winnipeg Jets. I like the Jets here. Nice plus price, plus 140. I don't think Dallas is dominant enough or is that much better than Winnipeg when you look at these two rosters, right, uh, overall. Now, Winnipeg's form's not been good going into the break. It was bad, but I think I'm re ready to just park that. It is what it was. You know, it was a bad run going into the break. Bad hockey from Winnipeg. But so many of those games, they were decimated on the blue line. They had key absences. They had their best game in a while against Minnesota. And now they're going to have Dubois back tonight. And I think when you match up these two rosters, just in my opinion, Dallas is not minus 155. That's significant a favorite better than Winnipeg when I look at these two rosters. So I like Winnipeg here, plus 135, plus 140, uh, road underdog. And I like the over here in this game as well. Five and a half. A minus 120, minus 125. I think we can get there. The Dallas Stars have suddenly become a little bit of an over team. Just the last three games, they've all gone over. 6-1, 4-3, 4-3, the final scores. Their offense has certainly picked it up. Uh, they've scored uh, 13 goals uh, in the last three games combined. I think the Winnipeg Jets will find the back of the net here in this game. Ottinger's been a little bit more up and down. It'll be Connor Hellebuck in net for Winnipeg. They do play Nashville tomorrow night, so I was Fascinated to see if Hellebuck would get the start tonight or whether they'd save him for the game in Nashville tomorrow. But it will be uh, Hellebuck tonight, and he was terrific. You know, that against um, Minnesota, very strong game from him in net. So that does concern you a little bit about the over, but you got Dallas trending over the total, playing with a little bit more pace in their games as well. We've got a series that's trended over uh, three of the last four head-to-head -head meetings between Winnipeg and Dallas have gone over the total. And the over is 10-3-3 uh, in the last 16 meetings between the Winnipeg Jets and the Dallas Stars. So I like over 5.5 here, uh, as well as Winnipeg, uh, as a road underdog uh, in this one. All right, next game up, we've got the uh, New York Islanders and the Edmonton Oilers. Of course, we've got tons of fascinating uh, storylines to uh, get into here when it comes to this game. Uh, right now, we've got the uh, Oilers uh, minus a 145 uh, home favorites in this game. The total uh, currently six uh, across the board. Uh, no, sorry, five and a half uh, across the board. It did open six, uh, but it has been bet down uh, to uh, five and a half pretty much uh, all uh, in most uh, books at this point in time. So the Islanders and Oilers, what are we going to get here tonight is the big question from the Edmonton Oilers. Obviously, this is the first game after the firing of Dave Tippett. Jay Woodcroft takes over uh, as the head coach. And I was trying to get into some insight in terms of what kind of style of play can we expect here uh, from Edmonton. And uh, apparently, the, the first thought is going to be that they're going to try to be a little bit tighter uh, defensively. We'll see if that works. That's the way apparently Jay Woodcroft wants them to go. Uh, and um, we'll see if that works. I mean, <laughs> You know, it, we know this team's got an abundance of forward talent and skill, but a lot of times they, sac they, they, they try to do too much offensively, and it comes at the expense of proper structure, proper positioning, and sound defensive principles in their own zone. That is often what where they get themselves some trouble, in some trouble, I should say, Edmonton. So it's fascinating to see how this goes. The first game with uh, Woodcroft behind the bench. Mike Smith will be in net, so... Uh, uh, so much for Woodcroft maybe uh, deciding to uh, give uh, Skinner or uh, Koskinen uh, a look in net. But uh, Mike Smith will be in net here. He struggled of late. That does bother me here, you know, that he's just struggled so much. 3.82 goals against average, 890 save percentage. But I'm going to say this again about the New – and then look, the New York Islanders had one of their better games, uh, you know, uh, 
when you're going into the, uh, this game. They played very well against Vancouver. And look, they finally found some offense. But I don't know how many watched that Islanders-Canucks game. If you see that first period scoring barrage that they had uh, against Vancouver, pucks off skates, deflections, a lot of, for- a lot of good fortune for, set- for multiple New York Islanders goals uh, in that um, first period uh, against Vancouver. You know, it's not like they were these beautiful passing plays and these terrific playmaking and and, and finish uh, around the net. They had a couple of really fortuitous, you know, deflection goals, some breaks go their way, and, and they the allowed the floodgates to open uh, in that game. Now, granted, they'll take the goals any way they can get them, this Islanders team, because they haven't scored many for a very long time. But uh, to get six in that game, no matter how they come, they'll take it. A uh, 6-3 win over Vancouver. To be honest with you, they got outplayed the later that game went. Uh, and Ilya Sorokin had one of his better games in net for the uh, New York Islanders. We'll see if he's back in net tonight. Uh, they're projecting him to be the starter, but not confirmed yet. It is worth noting the Islanders, this is the first of a back-to-back. They're in Calgary uh, on Saturday night. So there is a potential that maybe we see uh, Semyon Varlamov here uh, in this game tonight. I'm doing something. The little voice inside my head says, don't do this. Don't lay a price with Edmonton. Um, but I'm actually going to do that tonight uh, with Edmonton here, minus 140. Uh, it's not like the Islanders are world beaters right now. Okay, they finally beat they beat Vancouver. They, they found their way to scoring some offense. But like I say, a lot of lucky bounces for several of those goals. Let's not forget there's a team that got blanked by Seattle at home. It's a team that's uh, lost to every decent hockey team for, for the most part they faced. You know, Minnesota, they didn't win. They lost to the Kings, lost to Toronto. You know, they haven't beaten many, you know, upper echelon teams. So uh, for, for me, I'm going to take a chance with Edmonton. You know, you're going to get it. You should get energy. You should get, you know, that sense of urgency ramped up significantly uh, in this game from the Edmonton Oilers tonight. Uh, and to me, the Islanders just took advantage of a lot of puck luck early in the game. Uh, they got a big lead because of it. You know, Halak was on a long layoff, and that's not usually good for an older goalie either. A lot of things went the Islanders' way. It's not like they played a phenomenal hockey game. They played a better game, but they're going to have to play better than that against a what I expect to be a, a, a desperate Edmonton team. needing to, This is when it's got to happen for them, and Holland said it in the press conference. We're just hoping that this shakes us up. We go on a run from this uh, going into this game, so it'll be interesting to see I expect the energy to be there. And actually, I might split this up a little bit with Edmonton first period uh, as well as the uh, money line. Edmonton money line is minus 140 to minus 145. You can get plus 160 with the Edmonton Oilers minus a half uh, in the first period on the puck line. I think I'm going to split it up between those two. Oilers minus a half plus 160 uh, in the first period and also Edmonton minus 140 uh, minus 145 in that range for the uh, full game. Uh I think they'll win tonight. I, I really expect uh, better from the uh, Edmonton Oilers uh, in this game tonight. And uh, again, the, the new coach angle is part of it. That is true. But part of me still thinks I like the the, the, the uh, Oilers roster at the moment a little bit more than the uh, uh, than the Islanders roster, uh, a team that just, you know, I, I cannot count on them uh, night in and night out to be, you know, that team that I can count on to score goals. That always concerns me here uh, in this one. And that's why for Mike Smith, you've got a puncher's chance tonight, maybe to finally step up and have a better performance uh, in net. You know, you're not playing Calgary. You're not playing Vegas. You know, you're not playing uh, uh, Colorado. You know, you're not playing that kind of team offensively here tonight. You're playing the New York Islanders who have spent most of the season struggling to score goals, who are still, even after the six goal outburst against Vancouver, 
who are still dead last in the National Hockey League this year uh, in goals per game. So this, this, in theory, should be a more manageable matchup for Mike Smith. You just got to say your prayers and, and hope that, you know, no more soft goals, no more weak ones here uh, if you're uh, Mike Smith tonight. And I expect the team to rally around this situation, be a little bit better sturdy defensively. Don't let Mike Smith have all these, have to make all these saves and uh, face all these grade A scoring chances. I do think you'll see Edmonton bear down and do a better job preventing those from happening. So I like Edmonton here, and I'll split it up with the Oilers on the puck line in the first period, minus a half, plus 160, and also Edmonton minus 140. Uh, on the uh, full game money line. All right, next up, Tampa Bay Lightning, Arizona Coyotes. We've got Tampa Bay minus 300 to minus 310. Road favorites here, six the total uh, in this game. You know, I was probably going to line up maybe Arizona plus a puck and a half if Tampa Bay had won last night, but because they lost, you know, maybe there's no looking past Arizona if you're this uh, Tampa team. Uh, it's a back-to-back, but who cares? Like I said, it's uh, first uh, two games after the All-Star break for the Lightning. I don't think fatigue. I don't think, you know, fatigue or being tired is a, a valid enough reason uh, to fade a team or be concerned with the team when you're just coming off an all-star break. Uh, so Tampa Bay should still be full of uh, energy here. And then, by the way, they're uh, back-to-back uh, record uh, this year's 4-0-1, you know, 4-1 and on, on a back-to-back. It's also worth noting it's 5-0 and uh, to the over for uh, Tampa Bay uh, in terms of full game totals. Uh, on the uh, second night of a uh, back-to-back. I like Tampa team total uh, over three and a half here. That's what I'm going to go with. I want to take Arizona uh, out of the equation here and don't uh, don't necessarily want to ask for them, you know, to score goals for me. It will be Corral Vimelka in net tonight for the uh, Coyotes. Played very well, actually, against Seattle uh, a couple of nights ago. But how many times do we need to see Vimelka to figure out that, you know, consistency has totally been uh, his downfall this year you know so many times when he gives up that has that game where he just gives up a goal just gives up two goals he's going to give up five or six the next time out he's got a very very strong pattern of being one of those goalies so uh we'll have to see with Vimelka here in this one how he plays but he's getting a Tampa team that's off that 3-2 loss uh, to Colorado last night Brian Elliott should be in net for uh, Tampa Bay I would expect it uh because of the fact although Although I, I don't want to say for sure about that just yet. And Tampa Bay has not confirmed Brian Elliott in that. It's worth noting, this team has had a boatload of time off. They had the all-star break, and then they didn't play their first game until after the break until last night, which was Thursday. So if there's ever a time when you think, you know what, we can go with Vasilevsky two nights in a row, this could be that night. And we have seen some teams do that. Look at Calgary. They didn't rest Jacob Markstrom last night against the Toronto Maple Leafs even though he started the night before against Vegas, they played him again. And why is that? Because we're just coming out of the all-star break. There's goal, goalies shouldn't be that tired from starting one game and having to play the next night in this, you know, time segment of the season when you're coming off uh, an all-star break. So, you know, when you look at it here, I think there's a good chance that Vasilevsky uh, will start here. Yeah. He was involved in the all-star festivities over the weekend. Uh, I get that. But uh, when you look at it, he still should be pretty fresh here. You know, he hasn't played in game action since that Saturday game, went till Thursday uh, and then ended up, you know, having that time off. So uh, Saturday to Thursday, you know, when he uh, participated in the All-Star game, if uh, if John Cooper decides to come back to him tonight, it wouldn't shock me one bit. 
but it could be Elliott. We'll have to wait and see. It hasn't been confirmed either way. So rather than guessing, you know, who's in net for Tampa and whether Arizona can find the back of the net, focus in for me at least more on Tampa Bay. I think being able to score four in this one uh, against the uh, Arizona Coyotes. And also you, it's worth noting, you look at Arizona, their recent games, they've given up four uh, to Calgary. They gave up five to Vancouver uh, in their first game uh, after the All-Star break. Uh, so they've had some games where they've had some ugly uh, numbers put up against them. Uh, Islanders even scored four against them. Rangers put up a seven spot. Pittsburgh scored six uh, against Arizona. And this is all in the last 10 games. So I think there's a good chance here we see uh, over three and a half goals uh, for uh, Tampa Bay, uh, the team total. Uh, that's the way I'm going to go in this one. And yes, great point in the uh, chat. They're they're off until uh, Tuesday, uh, this uh, Tampa Bay Lightning team. They're in New Jersey. Uh, on Tuesday night. So there's a little bit of a break for them uh, after this game, even more reason that uh, maybe you can uh, go back to Vasilevsky here tonight. He did face a lot of shots last night. Uh, that is true. Uh, but th this could go either way for me, uh, Vasilevsky or Elliott, but that's exactly why I'm playing the team total team total means I don't have to worry about what the situation is with the net minding for Tampa or worrying about how they play defensively. This is me focusing in on, I think this team's good enough to score four goals here against an inconsistent goaltending uh, that Arizona has, and specifically Vimelka, and a team that I think struggles to defend the better teams offensively. So Arizona, or sorry, Tampa Bay, team total over three and a half for me uh, in this one. All right, before we get to our last game uh, on this uh, Friday card, uh, thanks, by the way, to everyone that joined us live every day on YouTube. Hit the like button. I uh, definitely appreciate that. Uh, a reminder that we've got Super Bowl 56 this Sunday. It is the big one, the L.A. Rams and the Cincinnati Bengals for supremacy uh, in the National Football League. Uh, the big moment is here. And in honor of the big game, DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of Super Bowl 56, is giving new customers 56 to 1 odds on either team. Bet just $5 and get $280 in free bets if your team wins. DraftKings Sportsbook is now live in New York, meaning you can bet from almost a third of the country. If DraftKings Sportsbook isn't available in your state yet, you can play DraftKings Daily Fantasy Football Contest for Super Bowl 56. New customers can get a free shot at a $1 million top prize with their first deposit. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app, use promo code THPN, and get 56 to 1 odds on either team. Bet just $5 and get $280 in free bets if your team wins. That's promo code THPN at DraftKings Sportsbook an official sports betting partner of Super Bowl 56 must be 21 years of age or older minimum age and location requirements vary by jurisdiction see draftkings.com/sportsbook for full list of requirements and state specific responsible gaming resources void where prohibited gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER download the DraftKings sportsbook app sign up for an account and use the promo code THPN all right last game here on the uh, slate Seattle and Anaheim, we've got Anaheim minus 160 uh, home favorites here in this game, five and a half the total uh, between these two. Uh, this is a fascinating one because we've got Seattle and uh, Seattle, you talk about rested, my gosh, a week and a half. Uh, obviously not for Trevor Zegras. He participated in the All-Star weekend. So did John Gibson uh, for the Ducks. But still, I mean, participate. It's not like they're working their fingers to the bone or anything. It's an enjoyable experience. It's not taxing. Uh, to participate in All-Star Weekend uh, necessarily. So they've been off since January 31st. It's been a long time, long time since we've seen the Anaheim Ducks on the ice. I have no idea if that's a good thing or a bad thing because, 
you know, St. Louis last night, they've been off for a while and, you know, kind of not great in terms of their performance. Uh, St. Louis last night, a little sloppy uh, with their play. Uh, and that definitely concerns you Whereas Seattle at least has played a game and they didn't play well. They had lost five, two out of the Arizona coyotes at home, uh, kind of s- thinking that, and that's one of the regrets I have. I, I said on the show earlier this week when we talked that Seattle-Arizona game that how could you lay minus 215 with Seattle in that game? How could you do it? You know, I know Arizona's not good, one of the worst teams in the NHL, but my goodness, I mean, minus 215 with Seattle, and sure enough, Arizona, if you had the guts to take them, they were getting plus 200 in that game. They got the 5-2 win uh, over the Seattle Kraken in that game. So the Kraken looking to bounce back here uh, in this game. Uh, you know, disappointing to see them give up you know, the, the the goals they did to Arizona, who are not exactly a high-scoring juggernaut uh, by any stretch of the imagination. Uh, we'll see how this game goes. These teams have played each other twice, once in Seattle, once in Anaheim. Uh, Seattle, uh, Anaheim won both meetings, 7-4 in Seattle, and then Anaheim won 4-1 to one, uh, at home uh, between these two teams. So we'll see how they fare here. Anaheim's also been very bad on extended rest. I did want to mention that. Their long-term run is like 1-10 the Anaheim Ducks uh, on extended rest uh, one and four this season, five unders with the extended rest as well for uh, Anaheim going into this game. This is just a tough game all around. I'm not going to lay minus 160 uh, for an Anaheim team that hasn't played in two weeks. Seattle, I don't trust because I still think Anaheim's the better of these two teams. It's an easy pass for me. Uh, I kind of wanted to take the over here because I, I worry about maybe a little sloppy game defensively from Anaheim which could open up the floodgates just a little bit. Um, but can Seattle score is the question. And Seattle on the road again, where remember the last time they played on the road, that road trip through the Eastern time zone, they played Flyers, Penguins, Rangers, Boston. Uh, they played all of those teams on that road trip, and they wanted to dumb the game down, tight checking, low scoring, uh, stay in the game. And now they're on the road again. Chances are they play that way again. So, that pulled me off the over. The situation to me on both sides is too tough. Anaheim land minus one sixty on a you know since for a team that hasn't played since January thirty first and a team that doesn't have a good track record with extended rest. Uh, and also see and then on the flip side, Seattle. I don't trust them because I don't think they're better than Anaheim. I think Anaheim's better than them. So this ended up being a pass. So that was basically me explaining uh, verbally my brain trying to work and function when handicapping that game, I just ended up off the game. Uh, if I had to, I'd lean Anaheim, maybe in regulation. If I had to, I'd lean to the over, uh, but I'm not going to get involved uh, in that game. By the way, Sonny Milano looks like he's still going to be out, uh, and Josh Manson as well. They were hoping the Ducks to get both of those guys back uh, after the All-Star break. Looks like they'll at least miss this game. Uh, Schwartz and Tanev uh, remain out for the uh, Seattle Kraken, and uh, Carson Soucy, uh questionable uh, on the blue line for them tonight uh, as well all right there you go that's the friday nhl card uh we hope you enjoyed it uh, i didn't uh put up the graphic for the uh, seattle and <laughs> anaheim game my bad uh, actually i didn't create the graphic for that so uh that tells you how much enthusiasm i had about that game uh, that's why i passed on it didn't have a strong opinion on that uh seattle uh and anaheim game but great stuff thanks to everyone for joining us live on youtube uh hit the like button on the way out a reminder, we got a big Saturday show tomorrow, noon Eastern. It'll be me. Hopefully, Alex B. Smith. Obviously, something came up for Alex today. Uh, but Alex is expected to join us tomorrow, we we hope, we think. Uh, and we're also going to have Vito 
uh, Renus Vidalins from Latvia uh, back on the show tomorrow, as well as our special guest, Jake Hahn, host of uh, The Point on the Sirius XM NHL Network Radio, uh, joining us tomorrow on the Saturday show. So looking forward to that. Best bets now to wrap up the uh, Friday show. Best bet for me on this card. I'm going to do it. I'm going to trust the Edmonton Oilers in their first game after the coaching change. Edmonton minus 140 uh, against the New York Islanders. Come on, Mike Smith. You know, show up for a change. I mean, you're playing a team that can't be trusted offensively game in and game out. I expect the Oilers to play better in front of them. I expect the energy to be there for the new coach, Jay Woodcroft, as it is for most teams in the first game after a coaching change. And look, it's now or never for the Edmonton Oilers. If they want to get back, uh, make a push for that wild card uh, spot uh, in the Western Conference, they got to start putting wins on the board, especially when you're at home and you're facing a team that's been maddeningly inconsistent and untrustworthy here. So uh, Edmonton minus 140 uh, against the New York Islanders. We're taking them. The spot couldn't be better. Win or lose, this is a uh, Oilers spot, I think, to step up against a team that's beatable right now. We'll see if they get the job done. Edmonton minus 140 uh, against the New York Islanders uh, for my uh, best bet. And best bets have been good the last few days, so we'll see if we can keep it going here tonight. Uh, great stuff. Uh, thanks to everyone for uh, joining us. We appreciate it. A reminder, the Ice Guys is live seven days a week, Monday to Friday, 2 p.m. Eastern, Saturday and Sunday, noon Eastern. If you can't watch the show live, download the Ice Guys podcast in audio form on all major podcast platforms, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, and iHeartRadio. Download the Ice Guys podcast when you can't watch the show live. I'm Ian Cameron. Have a great Friday night. Enjoy the games and good luck. And we will talk to you again tomorrow on Saturday for a massive edition of the Ice Guys presented by the Hockey Podcast Network.